Brother Zach was talking and uh, about Esther. And I don't know if you've seen Esther or not, but if you haven't, you need to say, well, Brother Caleb, they add a lot to that story. I don't know if I agree with all that. I'm going to tell you something. It's just good for somebody to put on something like that in this day and time that we're living in. I know they put a little bit in there. Don't get me wrong. I've read the book of Esther. I've studied it out about Esther. But I'm going to tell you something. It's just, it's a good feeling uh, when somebody puts something wholesome in this world today. Hallelujah. I'm like my dad. I forgot the Sunday school they're telling me. The classes can take their places. Y'all don't want to hear me, do you? <laughs> I'd rather go in there and learn with their buddies and get a talk with them and learn about other things than Brother Caleb talking about Esther. But it was hard to leave out of that play. Man, there was a, a spot in that play that really touched me. And... Uh, I'm not going to preach on Esther this morning. It's hard not to, but I'm not going to. I'm, I'm actually going to take us back to the book of Ruth this morning. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm going to try to be short this morning. They let me know that they're cooking. And uh, I think Brother Jimbo got the memo that he was going to kiss the pig this morning. And uh, he didn't show up. No, they've got Sister uh, Henry at the hospital, so. Give him a pass. I guess I'll just have to go back there and put a bunch of money in somebody else's jug so we won't get deprived of somebody kissing that pig. Hope somebody don't go in there and put it in my jug. Hallelujah. But <clears throat> there was a spot in the, in the play of Esther that touched my heart. And uh, there was, I don't know if y'all seen it, but if you haven't seen it, the guy that portrays Haman is amazing. He's just a good actor. He looks like he's evil. And uh, his wife, she looks like that she uh, would be the wife of Haman. And, uh, and so, but there was a spot in the play where you had Haman and his wife on this side. And they was consulting the dice and they was bringing up all the evil spirits. And they was um, going about hanging Mordecai and changing. And then on the other side of the building, you had Mordecai who was sitting at his table and he was praying before the Lord and you had them on one side and it was just like the forces of evil was working and then you had and there was two or three of them in that room with, with uh, Haman but here's old Mordecai over by himself at the table and he's praying and he's praying fervently and he's trying to, to touch God and, and you know I, just, it, I felt like just the Lord just imparted something into my spirit right there and I turned to my wife and I said that right there is the day and hour that we're living in you got the forces of this world and the evil of this world and you got son old prayer warrior over here in the corner and then just praying and bombarding heaven saying God spare my children God spare my family God spare my kindred God spare my grandbabies oh thank God for a prayer warrior today Thank God for an old grandma or old grandpa or a mom and dad that'll get down on their knees and they'll pray and push the forces of hell off of their babies and their grand... 
My Lord, have mercy. Kids uh, or, or parents or whoever, if you got a mom and dad that's living in the church, uh, you need to call them up every day and say, just thank you for praying for me. Thank you for praying for my babies. Uh, you're keeping the forces of hell off of me and my children. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, that's the day and hour that we are living. The forces of hell is running rampant in this world today. We need somebody that can pray. Sister Rachel sings a song, I can pray until the walls come down, until there's healing all around. That's something I can do. I can pray. In my secret place, calling on his name, that's something I can do. Say, well, Brother Caleb, I, I, I can't preach. I, I can't get up in front of a crowd. I can't do this. I, I'll tell you what, that's something that every person in this building can do. You can pray. You can pray till the walls come down. You can pray till there's protection around your family. I'm going to tell you something. What are you talking about? I don't believe that. I do believe it. I can prove it by the word of God. The Bible said that Job, he got up and he offered sacrifice daily for his children just that they might have sinned. Now, when the devil was walking before the Lord, and he came to him and said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, yeah, I've considered him, but you got a hedge built around him. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If there wasn't a hedge around his children, do you feel like the devil would have attacked his children? I'm going to tell you something. He had been looking at Job. He done knew that there was a hedge built around Job. There was a hedge built around everything he had. The devil couldn't touch his animals. The devil couldn't touch his children. Thank God for somebody that'll get them and say, you know what? I'll pray for my babies. I'll pray for my... It's not a time to throw in the towel. So, well, I worry about my kids. They ain't doing everything they know to do. Let me tell you something. You just need to fall on your face before the Lord and say, God... I know they ain't doing everything I know I taught them to do. They ain't doing it. But God, I tell you what I want you to do. Watch over my babies, God. God, you see my life, God. God, you see the way I'm living, Lord. God, you see the life that I'm living before you, God. My Lord, I need to preach. I'm going to tell you something. I just feel it in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to keep walking. Say, well, what are you talking about? I remember old brother Elder Dunn. Here comes Stanley. Stanley wasn't living right. It looked like Stanley was going to be taken out and everything was going to go the opposite direction and he was going to die lost. I remember Brother Dunn and I thought at the time, man, that is such a foolish statement to make when he would tell that just being young but not having children of her own, not really having that connection. Brother Segers was having a child and there was someone, he said, I went before the Lord and I began to tell the Lord, God, you see all the years of faithfulness. God, you see all the years of evangelism. You see all the years of me traveling and preaching the gospel and let me tell you say, if that boy dies lost just mark my name out of the Lamb's book of life I can't stand to be teaching and winning everybody else and lose my own family and that boy lived 
and still living today because he ch- I'm going to tell you something I believe with all of my heart if Elder Dunn hadn't challenged the Lord with his faithfulness uh, with his commitment with his living for God uh, and him praying an hour every day before the Lord uh, finding an old stump to pray on uh, I believe that Stanley would have went right on out of here dying lost uh, but there was something about a faithful man there was something about a faithful dad there was something about a faithful mom uh, that it got the attention of the Lord don't throw your children to the wayside because they might be doing something that you know they shouldn't be doing or living but I'll tell you what you need to do you just need to keep right on praying for them say well brother Caleb I've been praying well why don't you fast a little while some things come by prayer and fasting I tell you what I do I just keep fasting until I got the mind of the Lord What are you talking about, Brother Caleb? It's, I, I quit it. No, 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 no. There's some things in your life that I'm going to tell you under the unction of the Holy Ghost you just need to put down. They're controlling you. Woo. I'm going to tell you something. Put that old cell phone down a little while. Oh, come on. I know. Come on. I will put that cell phone down a little while and pray a little while. Get off Facebook and get the Bible and begin to read the Bible for a little while. Get your nose in the book. Woo. Hallelujah. Being redeemed. Got your Bibles. Let's turn. Let me get, get myself out of a mess here. Book of Ruth. We're going to Ruth chapter 3. We'll read just one verse of scripture and then I'll let you be seated. Hallelujah. Somebody give me the time. I don't have the time. In 32. Hallelujah. Ruth, the book of Ruth, chapter 3. Verse number 1. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter... Shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? You may be seated. Hallelujah. I want to talk to us for a little while. Don't know how deep I will get into chapter 3. I believe, uh, Brother Eddie, this will be lesson 5. We could keep them in order. This will be lesson 5 on the book of Ruth. So if you can help me today. Uh, get through this, and uh, I love reading about the book of Ruth. But uh, I want to talk to us for a little bit today for the rest for the soul. Rest for the soul. And uh, Naomi, she starts this chapter, this verse, by telling Ruth that she's going to help her find rest. Shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? The world is... Uh, it's looking for rest in all the wrong places. It's looking for something for the soul in all the wrong avenues of life. But how many know that the true rest is in the house of God? It's in living for the Lord. The word rest is used for marriage in this setting of Scripture. It is a word that speaks of the security that a woman is expected to find in the home of a loving husband. She's letting, uh, Naomi is letting Ruth know that you will find a good man. And 
that there will be rest for you. And that's, it's hard to teach this. I know I'm on lesson five and only in chapter three, Brother Matt. Brother Matt's son, good to have you here this morning with us. Thank you for coming. I didn't mean to overlook you. I just get a little wound up sometimes. But uh, there's so many rabbit trails that you can, you can chase. There's so many things that you can do. But this word rest here, it's, it's talking about marriage. And it's talking about getting a good man. And, uh, and I'll I tell you what, I, I have a daughter. And uh, I want her to find a good man one day. <clears throat> I don't want her to find a man that's a no account man that won't work, a man that won't provide for his family, a man that won't get up and get out of the bed and uh, make a living, and uh, somebody that won't, won't beat up on their wife. I, uh, Brother Matt, they might as well just, uh, Ryan might as well come and get me and take me off to the prison cell because um, I'm going to tell him first day you lay hands on this gal, um, there's going to be problems. Man, Brother Jim, you did make it. Wow. You're a brave soul, I tell you. You, you got a love for the church. I, I figured you'd have bailed on us this morning. I, I, I will say, I was going to go pad somebody else's jug just so we could see it. I didn't know if you was coming or not, but you showed up anyway. That's a good man. See, you, you, want, your, you want your wives to find a man like this in the face of adversity shows up anyway. When he knows he's going to have to kiss a pig, he comes on anyway, for the love of God. But there's so many rabbit trails that could run down today, but the moral of the story is that uh, every man in here needs to be a good man. When Naomi was looking for Ruth, a man, she was looking for a good man. She was looking for a man that would work, a man that would provide, a man that had something. And a man that didn't make excuses every time that he turned around for not showing up and going to work. Say, well, I got a, I got a belly ache, got me a tummy ache, got me a toothache. Get at the end of the at the end of the week and got about five hours. That uh, pretty soon, <clears throat> and then it, it goes the other way. It's not good. But a man that would get up, provide for his own, go to work, find a job, get something done. That's what she was talking about. I want you to find a good man. And when you have a good man, you're going to have a happy marriage. Now, I'm not going to say you ain't going to have arguments or hopefully you just don't have no knockdown drag outs. And I've never done that. Never laid my hand on my wife. Now, I've wanted to sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I'm in the pulpit. I can't lie. God might strike me dead. And uh, I have punched a cabinet before. I'm going to be honest. I'm not one for putting holes in the wall. I never went around just punching holes, but never forget. And I'll tell you when you have trouble is when you're broke. Say, now, I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be so. Well, I'm telling you, I've lived with it, and I've lived without it. Now, I ain't never lived with a whole bunch of it. But I've lived with enough of it that supplied all my needs, Brother Adam. And I will tell you that me and my wife got along a whole lot better than when we didn't have it. I uh, bought a the trailer I sold to Brother Zach and Sister Kira. There was a cabinet there, and we was broke. 
I thought I had money, and I didn't have no money. She was letting me know I didn't have no money. And she was basically, felt like she was just saying, you know, you're worthless. You can get out and get to work. She wasn't telling me that, but, you know, I, was, I knew I needed to do something. And I'll never forget, I turned around, and I didn't want to punch the cabinet in the door. This, I'm being honest this morning. I'm, you know, okay, love, I'm, I'm, and I hate it that I have to be honest like this. And the cabinet door on the hinge, I punched it right where the hinge, it, bam. And that cabinet door never shut after that, Brother Matt. You could push it shut and the thing would just swing back. It was like a reminder every time I walked by it. I'm going to fix that stupid cabinet. And uh, knowing it, it was my fault, but well, we've had some arguments. We've had some bad times. I sold it to Brother Zach and Sister Kira, and when they got rid of it, that cabinet door was still open. Brother Zach, he'd, he'd go up by, yeah, that cabinet door. I, I still, he knew what I did. But you're going to have some bad times, but through the bad times, it's when you, when you bind together and you become a good couple. When you work through the bad times, everything, men, ain't going to go our way. We're going to have to, you're going to have to give, and this is not a marriage counsel, but this is part of the book of Ruth. It's, it's a love story. Now, Brother Adam, I'm getting you out of the barley field, okay? I'm getting you out of the harvest time. We're, we're, we're getting into the mushy stuff, love, love, and dovey-dovey, okay? But here's, here's Ruth, and I'm going to tell you something, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas. Your kids that ain't married, you need to be looking for them a good man, a good woman. Now, Pop Triplet would say, if you meet one, if you met, if you, now if you met your wife there and you're still with her, that you're an exception to the case, okay? But Pop would say, if you, if you meet a girl at the bar, she's probably going to leave you at the bar. <laughs> if you met a girl on Main Street, she's probably going to leave you on Main Street, okay? Now... I've been married, I'm going on 19 years. I, I don't have everything figured out, I promise you. But I've been through a little bit in my lifetime of 19 years of marriage that uh, I can give a little bit of advice, not, not, nothing like the elder or some of these sitting around. They could probably tell me where I'm coming up short. But you need to be looking for a good man. Man, if you go to a camp meeting, you go, or a good woman, if you go to a church service, and there's a boy up there shouting, and he's right at the altar, and he's shouting and worshiping and dancing, and man, he's involved in the church, or she's involved in the church, and she's, she's worshiping, and she's shouting, and she's singing, and she's serving, whatever it might be. Well, that's the one I'm going to be looking for. Ooh. Come on, because that's my children. I'm looking for, I'm, I'm wanting to find a good spouse. I don't want the one that gets up and wiggles to the bathroom ten times. Not only does she have a lust problem, but she's got a kidney problem. It's going to cost you a lot of money. <laughs> Same way with the boy. You ain't never going to have nothing in life, sissy, because he's going to spend all of his money on doctor bills. He's got an issue there. He keeps having to go to the bathroom 25 times. But I'm looking for somebody that gets involved. Now, I told you that because there's a ton of rabbit trails here. I don't know how far I'm going to get in this verse, but I'm going to try this morning. How many will help me just bear with me and let me teach this morning? But I want a good man. I want a good lady for my children. I want them to have a good person. And this is what Ruth was talking, uh, or Naomi was talking to Ruth. She had done seen something in Boaz. 
The Bible said he was a good man. He was a mighty man. He was a man of upstanding in the community. And so she begins to tell her what you need to do. And when Naomi speaks to Ruth of rest, she is referring to a complete change of life. Whoa, what do you mean? What are you talking about? All these months she had toiled in the field. She had gleaned in the field for the barley harvest. And then after the barley harvest, there was the wheat harvest. And she toiled in the field all this time. And if you will study the book of Ruth, you will realize that she was wearing a garment that portrayed her to be a widow. She was wearing the widow garment. And so even though that she had caught Boaz and we covered that, when he come into the field and he seen her gleaning in the field and he said, who's is she? Who, who is this lady? He was intrigued by her. There was something that he seen there and he began to offer generosity. But there was something about he also knew that the way she was dressed, the way she conducted herself, there was nothing that portrayed her to be available. And so here Naomi is telling Ruth, it's time to lay aside the gar- this, this garment, this widow garment. It's time to, this is a man that is upstanding in the community. And not only is he upstanding, he can redeem you. Well, I was fired up this morning. Man, Brother Zach, he just sung the right song. He didn't even know what I was going to cover. But it was just, he, Boaz was the redeemer. But I also want to let you know here today that it does matter how you dress. It's, I know it's, it's, it's another avenue, it's another rabbit that, you can, that you, can, you can chase and you can run down. But I want you to know, young ladies, young men, it matters how you dress. This lady dressed in a way that let him know, I'm not available. You never see him making a pass at Ruth. He was a gentleman. You never see it. He never made it. He never made it. Now, he blessed her. He gave her grain. He gave her food. He gave her water. He gave her ample. But he never got out of the guidelines of being a good man, Brother Donnie. Because her, the way she dressed signified that. Now, we being apostolic, it's in how we dress that signifies to the world that we are different. What are you talking about? You need to let the world know that, hey, I'm a part of him. You're not going to do that when when you're dressing like they are and they can't tell you from them. You're not going to find a good man, young lady, when you're dressed half naked. You're going to find all the perverts. Young men, you're not going to find a good lady when you're dressed and you're sitting there and your clothes has got 1,500 holes in them. Your shirt's untucked. Got your... Got your buttons undone, you know. And you're not. You're, what are you going to find? You're going to find the people that's got problems. You're going to find the people that's fighting the same sexual problems that you are. You get on Facebook and you post 25 selfies of yourself, and you're married. You ought to check yourself. Being honest here today. 
I want to find a good man. I want to find a good lady. Woo. I understand. I look beyond the faults of young people that's not married. Hey, I look beyond. I, I, I ain't so much worried about them. But when a married person gets on there and they got their lips all, you know, get kissy kissy, moochy moochy, and they're taking selfies and they're in the bathroom and see the toilet behind them like there's some kind of beauty queen or something. What are you doing? And I'm, I'm, I'm not the pastor here today, and Elder, you can set me straight, but I'm, when you start studying the book of Ruth, there's some things that come out of it. A man or a lady that's married shouldn't be getting on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and posting a bunch of stuff about uh, being available or, or taking selfies 25 and kissing the camera and getting in the bathroom and, and taking selfies and posting it all, all over Facebook. That's not right. You've got a problem. You're not a good man. You're not a good woman. Woo! Come on. That's the truth. I want a good man for my daughter. I want a good lady for my boys. I want them to know how to dress. I want, to know how, I want them to know how to act. I want them to know how to conduct themselves. Come on. And I ain't got no stones to throw at anybody. I have nobody in mind. Oh, well, he's, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. If you feel guilty over me preaching this morning, it's because you're guilty. I'm not throwing stones at anybody this morning. I want you to know that. I'm just preaching you from the word of the Lord. I'm teaching you this morning. I'm going to take it real slow. I'm going to try to keep it short. But I'm going to tell you something today. There is a, there is a perverted spirit in this world today. I went to a conference two weeks ago. And there was a marriage therapist there. And he was a preacher of an apostolic church. And he said, do you know what was the number one cause of divorce in the world today? Not, but it was not only in the world, but also in the church. Social media. The number one cause for problems in the family was social media. Well, I just want to get on there and connect with my old school buddies. Well, you just make sure it's your buddies and not your old flames. If, mm, man, Lord, I'm, I'm getting without the, probably without the bounds. But I'm going I'm to throw this in there. If, you, if you're looking at it, and then somebody comes by and you got to jump off of it real quick. You shouldn't have never been on it. Take it for what it's worth. Like I said, if you feel guilty this morning, oh, Louis Lamar would say you throw a stone in a pack of dogs, the one that yelps the loudest is the one that got hit. Let's make sure you don't yelp too loud this morning. Say, man, Brother Caleb, you're, you're being pretty crude. I'm going to tell you something. We need to be blunt. We need to be blunt today. I believe that you would be shocked to know what your kids has been really doing or what they've been a part of. I believe you would be shocked to know what sites they've been on or what chats they've been involved in. 
Oh, not my darling. Oh, yeah, your darlings. You know what? I wasn't perfect either. My dad called me in. I was in a place that I shouldn't have been. And, and the Lord had them old carpet pants like I was some cool dude and had that old Nokia phone on the side. And some way, sitting where I was sitting, Brother Adam, I answered the phone. And I'm sitting right in the middle of some ungodly deal and I hear somebody saying, Caleb Samson! I'm like, hmm. I wasn't so cool, all my buddies sitting around and I hear my dad's voice screaming at me at the top of my lungs. I pulled that cell phone out. I hung that thing up and everybody's looking at me and whoop, and out the door I went. And I'll be honest, I took two or three of my buddies there. My dad says, boy, I don't know where you're at or what you're involved in, but you better get home right now. Brother Tony, I left them there. I don't know how they got home. I couldn't tell you how they got home. But I knew one thing. I was going home. So I'm going to tell you something. I might be preaching up here today, but I wasn't perfect. And your little Susie and Johnny ain't perfect either. And I want to throw this in there. It's not a time to beat them over the head. You can beat them over the head and they need correction. I got correction. But I got correction with love. We need to correct our young people, our kids with love. They're going to make mistakes. Oh, come on, parents. We make mistakes. Nobody hitting us over the head. We ain't got everything perfect. What are you talking about? Was it Abraham and Sarah come to the king and and he said, "This this is my sister? This is my sister. Now, this is Abraham. Man, Abraham had everything going on. He, he was a man of faith, hero of faith. And here he is. He's saying, this is, you, now you tell him that you're my sister because she was pretty. And this king, he had an eye for, he had a bunch of concubines. He had a bunch of wives. Abraham was a liar. Now, well, I'm, I'm off of my nose. Help me, Lord Jesus. And he comes now. This is mostly adult class, and the ones that are here, they're, they're older. But now I'm going to tell you something. He didn't tell her that because that king come and got her and took her to the palace, brother DJ, and they was going to play Uno or Face Ten or dice or something. No, he had he had other thoughts in his mind, sexual thoughts. And Abraham was fine with that. Now what a sicko. It's in the word of the Lord. Now, the Bible said that God come and he didn't deal with Abraham. The Bible said he jumped on the king. They began to to chastise the king and get on the king. The king didn't know. This guy said he was his... Sister. What was God saying? Even though Abraham made a mistake, God wasn't going to beat him over the head with it. God wasn't going to kick him in the, in the ribs. God wasn't going to just throw him to the side. You don't need to do that with your children when they make mistakes. 
They're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to make wrong decisions in life. But you know what? I want a God that will say, you know what? Come on back, son. I still love you. I still care about you. That's just another rabbit just for what it's worth. Naomi's soul could rest in the knowledge that Boaz was going to provide for Ruth. Naomi loved Ruth. He, he, she loved Ruth. She wanted her to be happy. She wanted her to find rest for the soul. What are you talking about? And I, I believe this was a good point right here. And I, I actually highlighted this point that once again, you see that there is comparisons with the book of Ruth with the New Testament. That here that Boaz was the redeemer. Boaz could give her rest for the soul. And also in the New Testament, in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30, he said, Come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Rest for the soul is what everybody's looking for. Come on. That's what, that's what everybody's looking for. A true rest of the soul and a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is inviting you to say, come, come unto me. Come to the church. Come to the house of God. Make your way to the house of God. Find a place to pray. Find a place to worship. Find a place to get a relationship with me. And I'll tell you what, if you'll get a relationship with me, if, you, if you'll come unto me, change your garment. Let me know that you're available. Let me know that I can love you. Let me, woo, say, how do I change my garment? You gotta repent. How do I change my garment? You gotta repent. You gotta get all the sin out of your life. You can't be the old person that you used to be. You can't come here on, here on Sunday morning and Sunday night uh, and do the things that God wants us to do. Worship, shout, uh, be in front of the, in the glory realm of God and then go right back out into the world. There's something about it. You can do it, but the Bible said, I would rather you be hot or I would rather you be cold. But because you're lukewarm, I'm gonna spew you out of my mouth. Woo! What are you talking about, Brother Caleb? You can come in here and, and, and do the part, jump, shout, worship, but if you don't truly repent, if you don't truly get in the church, if you don't truly become a child of God, if you don't truly follow God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, you say, well, I, I like what I feel there. I like the spirit that they have there, but I, I don't know. I, I just I don't know if I can tell my friends that I'm gonna be different. I don't know if I can tell my friends or my family that this is the way that I truly wanna live and this is the way that I truly wanna be and so I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just go to church and act like I'm with them and then when I get with my family or with my friends, I'll act like I'm with them. I'll dress like them. I'll act like them. Woo. He said, ain't you one of them? He said, no, no, I'm not. He asked, they asked Peter, no, I'm not one of them. That's not who I am. He said, yeah, yeah, you, your speech betrays you. you. You talk like a Christian. You talk like one of them. And the Bible said that he began to curse. He began to cuss. That's why we don't cuss, because it's not a part of him. Peter wasn't cussing before. 
But when he said, your speech betrays you, oh, 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 Peter, he began to cuss. He began to let him fly in a few choice words. Because why? He was wanting to separate himself from God. I don't want to act like them. I don't want to look like them. I don't want to even talk like them. And so I'm going to cuss. So what do we do? We, if we're not careful, we get in the world. We want to act like them, talk like them, dress like them, act like them. Why? Because we... We might just be a little bit embarrassed. Peter was embarrassed. We don't want to be like them. Woo! What are you talking about, Brother Caleb? I'm talking about changing your garment this morning. Get that old widow's garment off. Get that, that old worldly garment off. Get that garment on. Say, you know what, God? I want to be a child of God. God, I want to be identified with you. God, when they look at me going down in the market uh, or when I'm shopping at the mall or I'm walking down Walmart or I'm at the grocery store or at the convenience store or I'm at the restaurant, I'll tell you what, I want them to look at me and say, I'll tell you what, you're apostolic, ain't you? You're one of them one God apostolic. I am. I'm a one God apostolic tongue talk. I'm a child of God. I'm a king's kid. I got his blood flowing through my veins. I've been blessed with the spirit. Well, Brother Caleb, I'm going to tell you something. You can be blessed, but there's blessings that you will never get unless you change the garment. God can bless you. You can reap the overflow of the blessing, but I'm going to tell you something. If you want everything God wants for you and your family, change your garment. When you come in and you fall down at an altar, truly repent. Say, you know what, God? I ain't leaving nothing on the table. I'm not leaving. I, I, I want everybody to know I, I, I'm with you. I'm a part of you. I'm repenting of my sins. I'm, I'm getting your spirit in with inside of me. I'm going to receive the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sin. What is that? When you're baptized, it signifies that I'm a part of him. I'm letting all the church know. I'm letting this world know. I'm going to invite my family. Hey, you know why it's a big deal? And even in older times, and you don't catch it too much anymore, but even in our church, in our baby dedications and in our, in our baptismals, you want to go invite your family. You want everybody to come. Hey, I'm dedicating my baby this morning. I want you to come. Hey, I'm being baptized this morning or, or tonight. I want everybody to come. Why? Because you want everybody to know or you used to want everybody to know that, hey, I'm identifying my child with God. I'm turning my child over to God. I want my God. I want my God to lead and guide my child. I want my child to be a part of the church. I want my child to be a part of God's people. I want you to know, Daddy. I want you to know, Mama. I want you to know, and Uncle, Grandma, Grandpa, that I'm dedicating my baby. I ain't just dedicating it because maybe that's what I'm supposed to do, but I'm dedicating it because I want God to lead it. I want God to guide it. I want God to have his hands on him. I want God to have his hands on her. I want her to find a good man. I want him to find a good woman. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, I'm telling you something. I definitely don't want him to find a good man. I don't want her to find a good woman. 
My Lord, my boy comes in and wants to be a queer. My goodness gracious, how much lower can you go? How much sorrowful can you get for the, for the man to turn from a natural use of a woman? I want my God to bless me. I want God to bless my family. I want God to bless my boys. I want them to be good boys. I want them to grow up to be good men. I want, my, I want my daughter to grow up to be a good lady. And I'm going to, hallelujah, help me, Lord Jesus. Y'all gonna, you're going to want me to get out of the book of Ruth when I get done, Brother Adam. Woo. But I'm going to tell you something. But if we're not careful in all of this, if we're not careful that we want our, our boys and our men to be men, that we will allow them to rub on the girls because, well, that's, that's just a boy. It's still wrong. It's still wrong for your little Johnny to be hugged up to little Susie when they're not married. Likewise, the other way. Say, well, how do you... How do you all that well it's probably good you just take somebody young man if you're not married it's good for you to take get somebody get a chaperone in the car you don't take chaperones because you know what you want to do if you're not married we don't kiss hug hold hands parents if you're allowing it you're wrong Woo, who's riding with me this morning? Say, well, preacher, I, well, I can give you verse after verse after verse if you want to this morning. But marriage, it used to be an honorable thing. I know this kind of preaching, it's not popular today. Because part of us, we want to make sure that our men are men. And so when they get a girlfriend and they want to hold their hand or kiss them, you're like, man, I'm just glad they want to kiss on a girl. Hallelujah. And I am. Don't get me wrong. But it still don't make it right, parents. It don't make it right. And just because you may have done it, I done it, and honest this morning, Held her hand. I kissed her. I'm not. wanted to kiss her. She's beautiful. But it don't make it right, guys. It don't make it right. And we got to be holy as he's holy. Now, when they make a mistake, I'm not going to kick them in the teeth. I'm not going to stomp on them. I'm not going to stomp on my boys. I'm not going to stomp on my daughter. I don't care who wants me to. That's my kids. I'm going to say, be smart and intelligent and save your children, parents. If we're not careful, we get so far and we, we forget that we was in that state. You forget that you held her hand and you kissed her before you was married. Come on, be honest. Well, I didn't do that. Yeah, you're a liar. And so I obviously can't talk to you because you're not going to admit that you did some of these things. So this message is probably not for you, but it's for the people that's honest with themselves. We've made mistakes here today. I wasn't perfect. That's why my dad told me I had to get home. 
Verse 2. And now, in, and now is not Boaz of our kindred with whose maidens thou waste. Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Now, she's telling him, hey, this is a time, this is the threshing floor. This is when everybody gathers. This is after the harvest. This is after the barley harvest. This is after the wheat harvest. All the men's going to be sitting there and they're going to be threshing it at the threshing floor. They're going to be separating the grain from the, from the chaff. They're going to be separating the grain from the stalks. They're, they're putting it all out and they're getting it together and they're putting it by themselves. And all the men, they stay at the threshing floor at threshing time. Okay? And Naomi knew this. And she said, you're going to go down and Boaz is going to be at the threshing floor. He's going to be drinking and he's going to be marrying and talking and carrying on after work. And when he gets done after work, he's going to lay down because every man, he sleeps at the pile of his wheat or, or his barley because he don't want nobody stealing it. Because that's got to last him till the next year. And so it's important that you kind of take this into notice that you need to protect what you have. This word, this church, these brothers and sisters that sit beside you, this word of God is important. You need to protect it. It's another similarity to the word of God, to the New Testament. It's not a time that you walk off and you leave the most valuable thing in your life for the thieves to break in. The Bible said if you knew what hour that the thief would come, you wouldn't have suffered him to come. You wouldn't have let him broke in your house and steal all your goods. That's what these men are doing right here. This is what's going to sustain life. This is what's going to keep my family. This is what's going to keep my, my children and my grandchildren. And so I'm not going to come. I'm going to sleep here through all the time of, of, of the threshing time, of, of all the time of, of, of putting this and threshing it. I'm going to sleep at the bottom, at the end of my pile. Let me tell you something. This is what's going to keep you and your family. This is what's going to keep your children. This is what's going to keep your grandchildren. It's this message I'm preaching to you this morning. This spirit that you feel in this house this morning it's going to keep you and your family you need to protect it like it's the most important thing in your life in your family's life Woo. I figured I'd have got a few more amens on that one this place this house of worship needs to be the most important thing in your life you don't need to miss it to go to some party. You don't need to miss it for work. You don't need to miss it just because you feel bad. Oh, I got a little tired. I don't feel. I'm going to tell you something. You need to make your way to the house of God. You need to make your way to the presence of God. Hey, when they call and say, well, we're going to have little Johnny or little Susie, a birthday party Wednesday night. You say, no, we go to church on Wednesday night. We go to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night. I'll be there Thursday. I'll be there Tuesday. I'll be there Sunday afternoon, but I'm going to tell you something. Don't put it on church day. Don't put it on church night. Why? Because the church is the most important thing for me and my family. It's what's going to keep me. It's what's going to sustain me. I won't embarrass you, will I, Brett, if I, if I tell the story? I want, uh, he was telling me the other day that some of his family wanted to come and get his boy. And man, I'll, you never know how much joy you put in my heart. Brett, when you told me that story the other night at the house, 
And he said they come and they wanted to pick up his boy on Sunday, on Wednesday night and Sundays to spend some time with some of his family. He said, you know, we can't do that. We go to church on Wednesday night. We go to church on Sunday morning. We go to church on Sunday night. You can come and get him any other night, but this is our church night. So we want little Joe to go with us to church. My God, that smote something on the inside of me. I thought, my God, I wish some of the saints that had been there for 10 or 15 or, or 20 or 30 years would get the same spirit as the new ones that's coming in. Hey, you can't have it. I got I to gotta take my boy with me to church. My boy's got to experience what I'm experiencing. My boy's got to know about the presence of God and, and how to worship and how to pray and how to... If they, see, if they see mom and dad missing all the time and, and church is not important and, and they can just miss, what do you think the kids is going to do? The kids is always going to take one step, go one step farther than what they see the parents doing. They start doing it, I promise you, they start doing it at, at one and two years old because I got one. They're always going to push the boundary. They're always going to push the limit. Well, dad don't think it's important to go to church. Mom don't think it's important to go to church all the time. They're missing all the time, and so uh, that's not important. I'm going to tell you something. It needs to be so important uh, that you protect it with your life, uh, that you protect it with everything that's within you. Nobody's going to steal my wheat. Nobody's going to steal my barley because it's got to sustain me and my family for a year. It's... I'm going to tell you something. You need to get a love for the house of God like you never had. It's what's going to keep us when this world's on fire. It's going to what's going to keep us when this world is being shaken. You're right. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And the things that can't be shaken, they will remain. I'm going to tell you something here today. This house of God needs to be so important to you that no matter what comes, or no, Brother Gabe, I'm telling you, you raised about 25 levels in my eyes. I promise you, had a good paying job. He quit that job, took a less paying job so he could be here every church service. And I'm going to tell you under the inspiration and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you're going to be blessed for it, son and your family's going to be blessed for it and your children's children is going to be blessed for it saith the Lord because church is the most important thing for him and his family it's not about the money but I promise you God will bless you with it well it's I'm going to tell you something. It's real easy to take a job that pays more, but it's really hard to take one that pays less just so you can be on a Wednesday night service. I'm going to tell you something, son. You rose in my eyes. Why? Because I realized you care about your family. You care about your children. I got to be a church. Are you preaching it's a sin? No, I'm not preaching it's a sin. But I'm going to tell you something. It's not going to help you. It's only going to hurt you. And what hurts you, you need to stay away from. Is it a sin to miss church, to work? I'm not saying it is, but what I'm saying is it won't help you. It will only hurt you. And I'm going to tell you something. What hurts me, I stay away from. What inflicts pain on me, I'm staying away from. What inflicts pain on my family, I'm going to stay away from. Woo. I know I've, I've lost some of you, but it's okay. It's truth anyway. It's truth anyway. Here she is, and he, she's telling you, I'll tell you what you do. You go mark the place where he's sleeping. 
And I'll tell you what you do. When he lies down, I want you to uncover his feet. Now, this was hard for Naomi, for, for Ruth. She's counting on... They really didn't even know that Boaz liked her. What, what time is it, daughter? I can't, I, I can't go too much longer. 11.14. Give me just a few more minutes. I'm going to quit. So what's a few? I don't know. I don't want to lie to you. I'm behind the pulpit. I can't. But they, they don't know if, he, if, if Boaz really likes her, but they do know that he's cared for her. But because she's had the, the widow garment on, they really didn't know if there was a true connection there. And so she's telling him to go while he's sleeping. That's not, now there's, I just want you to know, there's no, nothing sexual about what she's telling him to do. This was a custom. This is what they did. Especially with a man of wealth, of power, and a standing in the community. They didn't want him to be embarrassed in front of, and they didn't want to be embarrassed in front of everybody if they said, you're my kinsman redeemer. Hey, Gucci, 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 I love you. Won't you marry me? And they said, well, you ugly. I ain't marrying you. What are you talking it, it It happened. I mean, there was times that the redeemer, he would not redeem. Thank God for our redeemer who did redeem. When, you, when he brought you in and he tugged you into the house of God, he was letting you know you're not ugly. He loved you. But this man, was he had class. He was a man of, of, of standing in the community. I do believe that it's important, once again, not trying to chase rabbits here today, but I believe it's important how you conduct yourself. That's why it's important how you do business. It's important to have integrity. It's important... How people look at you. And now are you doing that with pride? No. I'm not doing it with pride. They can come into this house. They can come into church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And they can see me worship. They can see me shout. I feel like there's a little pride in my life. I'll even roll in the floor to get some pride out of my life, Brother Dylan. And I don't care who it is. I lost a sale of over a half a million dollar piece of property because I was knocking doors in the downtown of Neosho, down in the lower suburb, down there across the, if you allow me to say, across the tracks. Somebody drove by, people I just sold a bunch of property or was just showed a bunch of property to, and they just kind of thought that yeah, I was down there knocking doors with the church, passing out church cards. They never called me back. We were supposed to put an offer in when they left. They never, I never heard from them again. You know what? It don't bother me. That sale don't bother. God's blessed me with more sales beyond that. I don't, I don't care about that. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't, I don't mind to be identified of being a child of God. I don't care what they think about me. I don't care what the world has to say about me. I want everybody to know I am a child of God. But I'm not going to go out in the world and be stupid either. Well, I'll tell you. Don't be ignorant. I'm going to tell you right now, we don't wear that at our church. You better not. Where do you go to church at? Don't be ignorant. You know what the Bible says? He that wins souls is wise. You win a soul, you know you've done a big thing. And that you're a wise person. When you win a soul. 
Don't go out there and belittle and run down and, and condemn and condemn because maybe they ain't doing everything that you feel like they ought to do. I'll tell you what you ought to do. You ought to shower them with love and with kindness. Say, hey, man, I'll, let me, let me, uh, I'll tell you what, let me, I'll take you to lunch, I'll take you to dinner, whatever it might be. Don't, let's, be, let's be smart. Don't get on Facebook and post about all your problems and, you, and who done you wrong and who, you, who made your little Johnny mad or little Susie mad. And so you take that opportunity to get on Facebook with your two or 3,000 friends that you're so proud to have that's following you. And you get on there and you rip and slash and tear and condemn and destroy somebody that just said something that might not even been to you to begin with. And you took it, oh, that was to me. And you start slashing, condemning and condemning. And there's 3,000 people, not only in your family, but in your community that will never want to have nothing to do with what you have to offer. You got on there and you slashed their throat and watched them bleed out right there and you jumped and attacked and all your little entourage jumped on and, and, and attacked them too, all your friends and, in the comment section. And then you see them a year later or whatever and you've done forgot about your stupid post. Oh, we're having revival. So-and-so is at our church tonight. Why don't you come and be with us tonight? No, thank you. They walk on. I'm going to tell you something. They didn't forget. And to begin with, they wasn't even probably talking about you, and they're trying to figure out why you even attacked them. I guess we could have named this a social media class today, I guess, maybe. But I'm being honest. And you jumped on there and you took the time to. What about your character? What are they going to say about you when you're dead and gone? That was a good man. That was a good lady. I'm going to tell you something. They would have took the shirt off their back to help you. They would the, have got the last $2 out of their pocket and gave it to you. Not that, that, that guy was an idiot. Thank God he's gone. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Sister Judy had her funeral the other day and we was trying to figure out where to put all the cars. You didn't hear a lot of her. She didn't get up and, and huckle buck. Now, later, maybe she did when she was younger. She was a worshiper. But you, hardly unnoticed other than when she'd get up and get anointed and testify. But we didn't have the room to put the cars without parking them out in the grass over a good lady that we, that we buried the other day. Now I'm going to tell you something. That says something about her character. You never heard Sister Judy Baker slashing and, and bleeding somebody out. You never heard it. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I heard some of her family was upset over some of the other family... And you know what they did, Sister Barb? They went outside to get away from Sister Judy because they knew Sister Judy wasn't going to stand for it. And that was on her deathbed. Am I wrong or am I right? 
Because they knew that mom would say, hey, you shut up. You don't say that. You know what the Bible says is about winning somebody that's been offended? They're harder to win than a fenced city. Brother Ryan, y'all, you better come to the music. I've got to get done. They're, they're about to run me out of here. It's better for you to go get a sword and go attack some fenced city and try to win it than win a soul that's been offended. And shame on you if you've offended somebody on social media or you offended somebody out there because you thought they said something about you. You need to worry about your character. You need to worry about who you are and how people perceive you as. I know we can get pride about us, we, but some of y'all do need to get a little bit of pride about you. Not enough that it disrupts your walk with God, but you need to get a little pride about you of who you are and how you treat people. Woo. Say, Brother Caleb, man, are you in the book? I'm in the book, I promise you. And I love each and every person in here. But I'll tell you what I want. I want, a, I want a godly church. I want a loving church. You know what the old elder said? Riding down the road right before he died. Right before he passed away. Mom, get, get a song, please. I'm, I got to quit. He, he told this man right here. He said, you know what? Sister Connie, he said, if I had all the people that I've ran off. This is the old elder. And he said it with sorrow in his voice. He didn't say it with boastfulness. He was sorrowful. Telling the elder, I've made mistakes. Kelly, I've made mistakes. He said, if I had all of the people that I've ran off, this building couldn't hold them. Are you he said, Kelly, you can't pastor people like we used to. We need to be long-suffering today. You see somebody that's doing something maybe we don't do? Don't go condemn them and condemn them. Say, hey, I, no, I love you, buddy. If I love you, just run. Appreciate you. Show them kindness. Talking to Brother Thrasher. The other day I was talking about a circumstance. He said, you know what you need to do, Brother Caleb? He said, you need to shower that individual with kindness. You need to shower that individual with love. Just every time they turn around, you're there. Let me, let me do this for you. I want you to know I'm here for you. And he said, I'm going to. And you know, I started doing that with this individual. And I've noticed a difference. Total difference. Give them about Jesus. a 180. Just turning definitely something different. We need a church. This, this is the church. This is the church. We need to be building. The elder said, We're builders, we're not wreckers. I'm not building the kingdom for myself. I'm not, I don't, I don't take a dime 
from this church. I, I'm assistant pastor here. I help the elder. I don't. I give. I don't take. I want everything. I want. I want. I want to. I want to pay. My 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 love is to pay for these teachers. What they paying Sister Lita at the public school system? I want to. Pay, I want to get her out of the public school system. I want to put her in our school one day. I want to be able to pay her. I want to be able to supply her with what the worldly system of the schools have to offer. That that's. My, I want to be able to to my my love would be to to build some apartments one day for the widows and and the elderly that can't afford it and 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 put them in it and the church make their payment and the church pay their electric bills and and take care of them. That that that's something that I I, I want to do. So, like a burden on my heart. But Brother Denton is, is to take care of the widows and the orphans and, and, the, and the elder that ain't got. That, that's, my, that's my love is, is to take care of the house. And so I'm, I'm not taking this morning, but I'm going to tell you something. We need to get a love for the house of God. We need to get that rest that God is trying to show us this morning. It's not all about us. It's not all about. I'm going to tell you something. If we could pull the veil off, if they could pull the veil off some of the things I've done, Brother Mark Ryan, if they could look at what I've been involved in, I'd be ashamed. I'd be I, I want the cover to, to stay over the things that I've been involved in in my life. And so if I don't want nobody looking under the veil of my life, I definitely don't want to go looking and pulling the veil up after everybody else's life. And I don't want to be go reaching back into the blood of Jesus Christ and start pulling out everybody else's sins that God's done covered by the blood and saying, well, this is what you've done. This is what you've been involved in. This is what you've partaken. And it's dripping with blood because God said, I done covered that with the blood. I done covered that. I done forgave him for that. My God, why can't we forgive? Why can't we forget? Why can't we let somebody have another chance? I think it would be good if everybody just come around the front and say, okay, God, help me and my family, God. God, I've come up short in some areas. And maybe you ain't, but I'm going to tell you, find somebody to pray with. I'm not saying find somebody to pray with and call them out. Just get a brother and a sister and say, hey, me and you can make it together. If I make it, I'm going to need you. If you make it, you're going to need me. We're going to need one another.